If you have depression that is seriously affecting your life, a new clinical trial called Recover is looking for people who have struggled to find helpful treatment. Participants will receive an FDA-approved therapy called Vegas Nerve Stimulation, and all study-related costs will be covered. To join this study, you must be at least 18 years old and currently depressed with your depression having lasted at least two years or recurred several times. You must also have tried at least four types of antidepressant treatments and not found them helpful. For more information and to see if you might qualify for the Recover study, please visit recovervns.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and on iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, And to find uh, the broadcast schedule that we have available for you on the Exxon Broadcast Network with programming, 724-365, visit www.xzbn.com. My guest this hour is Elizabeth Fournier. She's affectionately called the Green Reaper is the author of The Green Burial Guidebook, Everything You Need to Plan an Affordable, Environmentally Friendly Burial. She is the owner and operator of Cornerstone Funeral Services outside Portland, Oregon. She serves on the advisory board for the Green Burial Council, which sets the standards for green burials in North America. She lives on a farm with her husband, daughter, and many goats. Her website is www.thegreenreaper.com. Dot O-R-G. And Elizabeth Fournier, welcome to the X-Zone. Rob, thank you so much. Happy to be here. Um, what is green burial? I've never heard of this before. Green burial is what we have done back in the day. Think 150 years ago mm-hmm. on. It was really a matter of someone passed away. We kept them at home. We buried them really simply. We took a moment of reverence, mm-hmm. placed them in the ground, and off we went with our lives. So are we getting going back to the olden ways, and are we going to be abandoning the, the pomp and circumstance of present-day funerals and cremation ceremonies? Not so much. You know, everybody has such an individual way of doing this. Mm-hmm. And what we have found over time is we started out simply. A whole industry came into progression. And as we progressed with all of that, we regressed when it came to the environment and it came to the economy. So now we're really embracing the more simpler way of burying and honoring our dead. What is the average cost of a green burial? I think that probably can be 
you put into the terms of where are you planning on being buried, such as if you're going to be buried in your backyard or private property, that's probably a zero cost for that land. But if you're going to be buried at a premium cost grave in a city cemetery, they have the right to charge you whatever they want. And that could be thousands of dollars. Also, what will you be buried in? Cloth off your bed? Elaborate shroud. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, I, I know here in Canada, you cannot bury somebody on your property. It's illegal. Yeah, we always tell people you have to follow the rules and the guidelines of your city, mm-hmm. your province, your county, wherever you are. A really, really, really important thing when it comes to getting rid of bodies. Def- most definitely. So how do you get around the the fact that you cannot bury a loved one on your property in many provinces and uh, many municipalities and so on? If you want to have a green burial, is this something that says, well, you know what? Sorry. No, no, no. We definitely want to follow the rules, Mm -hmm. even though we're giving you some alternatives. There is many green burial cemeteries and green burial preserves that allow you to do this. And they are throughout Canada and pretty much down in the States. Just about every state has an area that you can bury somebody. A lot of contemporary burial grounds are Mm -hmm. now deciding that they're allowing green spaces within their park, which simply means the body doesn't need to be encased in some sort of a concrete or polypropylene or steel liner, which is going to protect that beautiful, pristine green grass. That's all it really simply is. So what is a person who who decides to go green, what are they buried in? They could be buried in a shroud, which is material, and mm-hmm. that's something you could buy off the internet, somebody could make, you could basically take the blanket off your bed, right. or they could be in a real modest casket, again, something you can get on the internet, something that you can put together yourself in your own garage, something a simple artisan can make. We're really looking to be buried in something which doesn't have expensive and really rare hardwoods. We really don't want you to use metal or something that's been varnished and lacquered and used with toxic glue because all you're really doing is putting all that beautiful product back into the environment, and it's not sustainable. It doesn't biodegrade and doesn't do anything but really just sort of hang around for many, many, many decades to come. What is the public perception of green burials? Well, it sounds on the outset that you're talking about some crazy thing that you're going to have somebody die at home Mm -hmm. and that you're going to cart them off to the woods and just kind of plop them in a hole and go on. We're finding out that many places in Canada, as well as the States embrace this idea because when you really frame it around the fact that we are saving a lot of green that's found in the wallet, we're also being environmentally sound people start saying, yeah, you know, that kind of sounds good. I really don't want to spend $10,000 on a funeral Mm -hmm. if I can do this more simply and it's still ethical and it's still something that will respect and honor my loved one. What about cremation? Isn't that uh, another solution to the green burial problem that we're facing by having caskets and and other other non-perishable items being put in the earth? Yeah, for many years we had this traditional burial, which would be a standard sort of casket, and the casket would be put into a liner. And the reason why we had a liner in the ground is we wanted to keep that pristine Memorial Park look. And we had the chemicals on the grass, and it looked beautiful and flat and wonderful. So people said, I don't want to take up that space. Why don't I be cremated? That way... I will have less of a carbon footprint. I'll have a small little box coming home with my cremains. And if I decide to bury that in a cemetery, well, that's just a two by two foot space, or I'm going to scatter those ashes and go back into the nature and it's been fantastic. It definitely is a better alternative to traditional burial. However, we're finding out over time, like most things, you start to investigate and you start to learn more, just like we all smoked cigarettes back in the 50s and 60s and we're learning some bad things are coming. When you do a traditional cremation, you're looking at the flame cremation with the high heat. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is something has to start up that machine, some sort of fuel, butane, something. And that's got to get up to 1800 degrees. So you can think about all of that resource going into the flame. Also, a real common thing people don't think about is everything in those bodies is burnt and put into the surrounding ozone layer. So if that person happened to have a pacemaker inside them or something else radioactive, or even the fillings of their teeth, 
all of that bad stuff is going out into the air. And then, Rob, it rains. And when it rains, all of that comes back down to the ground, seeps into the soil, and probably worse, the fishes eat it, the chickens eat it, we end up eating it, and it ends up being this sort of toxic mess. So not the best idea. All right, so let me understand this. We're not talking about millions and millions and millions of people being cremated in one shot that could actually have this effect. We're talking about minute numbers who are getting cremated. And how can we relate that to such a horrific carbon print? Over time, right now, for instance, I'm in the state of Oregon, and mm -hmm. it's about 78% cremation rate. So right. that means 78% of the people here in Oregon, when they pass away, are choosing that method. Well, every little bit adds up, just sort of like when you're having that beautiful chocolate cake in the fridge, and you think, I'll just take a bite with a fork. What's a bite? Well, after you've snuck back to the fridge and had 20 or 40 bites, you've eaten the whole cake. So there's a lot of that pollutants going up. But I tell you what, I'm not sure in this segment if we have the time to chat about it, but there's a brand new workaround with cremation that I'm pretty excited about. Interesting. So once again, when we're looking at cost, what are we looking at cost when it comes to a green burial? In locales, in locales where they can actually bury their loved one in their backyard. But if they have to go to a green burial area, that must cost something. Yes, and most people don't have the luxury of having private land. Either they don't have the acre or more that they need, mm -hmm. they're not in the location or situation where they feel comfortable doing that. And other people have the rules and regulations of where they live that just says that's great that you have a farm that's been in the family for 30 years or three generations or what have you, but we're not going to allow this. So most right. people have to find some sort of a space. So that cost, of course, is varying per cemetery. Also, when you get to the cemetery, somebody has to open and close the grave. So that part of the cemetery is almost a little bit like a traditional burial where some Somebody has to do the work. Somebody has to pay for the actual space. The difference is, is you're not paying the $1,000 or what have you for the liner in the ground. And then the, the place doesn't have an endowment fee because we're not having somebody mow it and fertilize it. It's merely just growing back into nature. All right. So we have to take our break. Please stand by. Elizabeth Fournier is our guest exonation, www.thegreenreaper.org. And this is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. www.xzbn.net is our network. And for the show, exxonradiotv.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. 
Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back, everyone. Elizabeth Fournier is our special guest this hour, thegreenreaper.org. So when we're looking at dollars and cents, what are we looking at for a very basic-based green funeral? I think the most cheap, if you will, that you mm -hmm. could do is if you have your own land, if you have the, your own ingenious people in your life, your team or your tribe, who can put together some sort of a simple burial box out of cardboard or some sort of simple shroud from fabric at the, the local fabric store or something off your bed, and somebody who can physically transport you and carry you from where you pass away to that space that they mm -hmm. dug with the backhoe they owned or they got from the neighbor, that's probably going to be your least expensive method. And what are we looking at in dollars and cents? Um... I'm not quite sure about the Canadian conversion, but there might be a little bit of gas for the backhoe. I, I um, mean, I mean, when it comes to the actual legalities of it, because I, you know, the, the death certificate and and all the other legal legal forms that are required at a funeral home. How do you how does the the green burial get away and circumvent from the paper that is needed in the regular funeral home? Most people who do a green burial actually use a funeral home. They have the funeral home take their loved one from where they pass away, bring them into the funeral parlor. They have the funeral home take care of the death certificate or the burial permit and do what they need to do. And then they have the funeral home transport that person either to a home space or to a green grave place. And so that happens a lot. It doesn't have to be something a family fully does on their own. But when we're talking about making it as least expensive as possible, you can take care of most of the facets on your own. And that definitely makes it less money because you're not paying a funeral parlor. What do the funeral parlors think about this idea? It's a real mixed bag. That's a really great question. I would say... Half of the funeral homes that I've dealt with, talked to, listened to interviews of, read about, say, I like it. It's new. It's it's um, something alternative to offer the families. We have a lot of family interest. It's great. It's there. Other funeral homes say, yeah, but it's not really money making. And I'm not really sure if we want to offer this just mm -hmm. because they can make a lot more money selling services such as embalming and bringing people to a church and renting hearses and doing all those pieces. Because ultimately the funeral business and the cemetery business is a business. What are the theological, uh, what is the, the theological feedback on this? Green burial has been around for such a darn long time. And you look back at different persuasions, such as this is really a common Jewish custom. The idea of having a loved one go out to a cemetery and they don't use a traditional liner. They have their loved one actually touching the earth mm -hmm. in the grave. Muslim families have done the same thing for a very, very long time. And we're also finding out that Catholics nowadays really embrace this. We have this new Pope, Pope Francis, who's come along, who's very environmentally savvy. And he loves the idea of saving the environment. He loves the idea of saving money. He really believes ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And he really likes the concept. There are so many 
Catholic cemeteries that now have an area available for green burial. So it's really embraced by the Catholic faith. You're talking about a liner. And, you know, I, I've gone to funerals here, and I can't remember seeing a liner. It's inside the grave already because it's one of those unsightly things. You know, when you go to a traditional cemetery and mm -hmm. you find out you're standing on what we call greens, it's like the astroturf or the artificial grass because they don't want you to have to see the dirt because dirt is unsightly. And they're presuming people don't want to see naturally what's going on. We want it all sanitized and all pretty. Okay, so that's the, the astroturf that's over the... Over mm -hmm. the earth that has been taken out of the out of the grave but what right. does this liner look like it can be several different substances primarily it's a concrete grave box and it sits inside the grave so when the casket's lowered mm -hmm. the casket goes directly into that box we don't really have that box above ground because you'd be having that ceremony sure. for the graveside for your loved one and here's this box and people would say "Ooh, what's that i don't like that um so polypropylene, some families buy really nice ones that are very expensive made out of steel. That's something else. It's just an added expense that funeral homes sometimes show you a catalog and say, hey, if you get this reinforced steel, your loved one will stay preserved forever. Nothing will happen to the casket. And again, that's just one more great added expense that's just absolutely unnecessary when a concrete box does the same job. Um. I, I don't know. I've, I've got mixed feelings on this. That's fantastic. I'm glad you're thinking about it, though, right? That's great. Well, I, I think about a lot of things every day. Some of them are stranger than <laughs> others. But if, if they use these boxes, then why do some graves, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Craig? Cave. If there's this box that is... You know, where the coffin or casket is put in, the top is put on. Why is it that some graves actually uh, cave in? Yeah, you get that wavy, gravy sort of look. If you are in an older cemetery and mm -hmm. you're walking through, you'll notice the ground really isn't even. Yeah. And that's because there isn't that concrete box or that steel box holding up that earth. So what's happening is the casket settles, and then the earth settles, and then they probably have a large mower which goes over it, or maybe a backhoe, and all that earth compacts. If you have a liner, it's holding it up. And that's why we have those beautiful memorial parks that started showing up back in the 1950s, where it's pristine, and it's a park, and the markers are flat, and the, all the heavy equipment can roll right over everything, and everything stays really even. And it's just for the manicured look, primarily of selling graves, because it's a really pretty place. Hmm. I don't think that I would like to have my parents put in the ground that way. I really don't. I'm an old-fashioned guy. And, you know, I love that and I embrace that. At my funeral home, I mm -hmm. take care of families exactly how they want to be taken care of. And yeah. if they want to be embalmed and go to a church and have a full service, wonderful. There to support them. This is an alternative to saving money and an alternative to saving nature. But, you know, ultimately death is so darn hard. You know what's right for you. Why do they call you the Green Reaper? That was a nickname that came along because I became known as an eco-mortician, which meant that mostly when you have a mortician or a funeral director or an undertaker, which all means the same thing, mm -hmm. they primarily are there to sell you some goods and services and preserve your loved one. We do that in America a lot, Canada as well. We preserve our people so they look like how they looked lifelike. But over time, I was helping a lot of families be buried in yards and do alternative things that this nickname came about. And I like it because Grim Reaper is sort of dark and it's this black cloak, black cloak and you have this Skype and you're mm -hmm. sort of this guy ushering you to the underworld. But I feel like I have a palm frond or something. I'm just sort of green and kind of bringing you out to nature, bringing you out to the tree forest. I like it. How did you ever get into the mortuary business? 
I knew at age 13, I wanted to be an undertaker. I, I was really clear about it. I was a young child going to Catholic school and my mm -hmm. mother had died and my parents who live with us had died in a very short period of time. And so the Fournier name was always associated with somebody dying, somebody needing prayer, somebody needing to be put to rest or have a funeral. And I became a very strange little girl. When you go to a Catholic school in the 70s, everybody has married parents. And so people would come up to me and talk to me if they had maybe a cat die or grandma die. And I just became everybody's go-to girl for death. And it became very natural and comforting. And I felt like I had a purpose. And I really felt like maybe I even had a gift to help people when they were going through this. What kind of uh, training does a mortuary director or mortician go through these days? It depends on what you're planning on doing. If you want to be an embalmer, then you need all of these courses of mm -hmm anatomy and physiology and the actually embalming. If you're just going to be a funeral director or a funeral arranger or sell cemetery property, it's not as stringent. Um, to get licensed in the state of Oregon where I am, it just needs a two-year college degree. You have to pass a background test of fingerprints just to make sure your record is relatively clean. You need to do an apprenticeship where you meet with people and they just have to basically feel like you can do the job. Pass the state exam, too. That's really the hard part is the state exam. Let me ask you this. I've got about a minute and a half before I have to go for my news break. In the case of a crime where a body has to be exhumed for, for investigative purposes, is the body in the traditional burial in the box, in the liner, better preserved for that for that cause or is the natural burial body better for forensics the first one you'd mentioned if a body is fully contained mm -hmm. and it's been embalmed and it's inside a box and inside a liner it's probably going to be preserved as best as possible you still can get dna from bone sure. you still would be able to do forensics but you're right if everything is preserved then if that's a crime person mm -hmm. probably a little better off all right stand by you and i have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour Exo Nation, our guest this hour is the Green Reaper herself. Her name is Elizabeth Fournier, and um, her website is www.thegreenreaper.org. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and facilities in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Um, if you'd like to check out what's on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and of course, the Exxon Channel on Simul TV at www.simultv.com. I'll be back on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Elizabeth Fournier is our guest to this hour. TheGreenReaper.org is her website. Uh, can you share with us a green burial ceremony you facilitated that you found truly inspirational, Elizabeth? Yeah, thank you for asking. There's been a few of them that have been fantastic. There was one I took care of recently that I really enjoyed, and the reason why was this man knew his wife was passing. She mm-hmm. had a little bit of time as he did to plan, just because they knew this was happening. There was a big bushel of lilacs in her yard, and she really wanted to be placed in the middle of them. She had a lilac-painted house, and you know, to the lilac fingernails, her whole life was this beautiful shade of purple. So when she passed, the husband came out to see me and said, let's make this happen. What do we need to do? So the first thing was to prepare the space. We did that, got that ready. And by the afternoon, their whole tribe had arrived. And this was her brother who had a fragile indigenous plant Mm -hmm. that he was going to plant after he dug the space. Best friend came and was repainting the fingernails. A cousin was brushing her hair. We had another friend playing some Cat Stevens on the guitar. And he was just holding his hand and talking to his beloved wife. And auntie was cooking chili. And the room was full of so much love. And it was so beautiful. And you just can't replicate those experiences of just how moving it was. The sun went down. She had a little chariot cart that she was placed in and brought out to the lilacs. And just everything about it was so beautiful. From the sun taking his shovel and backfilling the grave to just having just really precious words spoke and you could just feel the love and really that's what all of this is about is really doing it yourself not having the professional have to step in and help you but for you to guide and be there and really just take this back into your own hands to love your loved one who's passed when it comes to the to a child um are green burials also being used for children Sometimes, and you know, there's really, oh gosh, there's no good way when a child dies. Not only does it not make sense, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're saying goodbye to them before you even got to say hello to them and see their life unfold. The whole experience working as an undertaker with a child is miserable. I know it is for the family and everybody else. I do know one case of a family who did do a natural burial in a cemetery, and they found a perfect little 
bush that was nearby. They wanted to have their baby underneath and they have little wind chimes hanging in it and it was beautiful and wonderful. So yeah, families in that case just do whatever they need to to get through it. How long does it take for a human body to decompose in the natural uh, green burial? I was talking at a book reading last night and I was explaining that to them and I got a really big laugh when I said it really depends on what's inside your body. And what I meant by that is if you're embalmed, well, of mm -hmm. course, you have preservation inside you. A lot of fluids like formaldehyde in your body will slowly decompose, but ultimately it's going to take a long time and that's going to break down slowly and all of that stuff will leach into the ground and into the water. I also said something equally as bad as let's say you've eaten at McDonald's every single day of your life. I mean, that's a lot of preservatives too in there. That's a lot of stuff that you see pictures of McDonald's that's been left out on a counter. It's really not going anywhere anytime soon. But if you were an average person who probably took care of yourself, and weren't too pickled by foods and drinks and what have you, you know, you go back to earth pretty naturally because we try to bury you about four feet deep, and that way you're right in the middle of the permaculture and right in the middle of the eco-conscious soil and where all the activity is going, and you're right in the biosphere, so you really kind of go right back into the earth. You've mentioned a few times members of the tribe. Are there, is this predominantly uh, being used by members of the First Nations? Oh, no, and I'm sorry if that was a confusion. Okay. Uh, members of, yeah, members of your team, members of your village, uh, members of your family, just a, your, your group of people I that see. you relate to. Yeah, thanks for the clarity there. Okay. Um, so do people actually have their loved ones embalmed? as well as use the green burial? I think people do whatever they feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. There has been cases of people deciding to have a natural burial. However, they've had their loved ones embalmed because they've wanted to have a very extended visitation and mm -hmm. they felt like it was too warm to keep their person with ice or coolant, or maybe right. they've traveled long distances or wherever they were going to be having the funeral. It's what the family decided to do. I guess that's a nice thing about when a loved one does pass away is you have so many choices and options and you really can choose what is best for you. And sometimes it can't be fully green. And Really, I've never seen a 100% green burial because there's always somebody who's going to drive their car to the cemetery. There's always somebody who's going to be wearing leather shoes. It just is what it is. I think shades of green is a really nice thing to strive for, any shade you can get. What about the body being disturbed by um, predators or carnivores? Over time, that's been worked out. And I think back in the day, meaning years and decades ago, centuries, people have learned that if you just remove some topsoil, lay somebody down, put a foot of topsoil, then yeah, you're probably somebody who's going to be um, found over time by some sort of vulture. We bury people deeper. There was a big phrase called six feet under you probably heard of and oh, sure. that's something that people have used for many many years six feet under isn't really how far we bury people but a lot of people who are digging their own spaces naturally go by that and if you are six feet down that's a lot of topsoil and a lot of earth on top of you you're probably not going to be having any issue unless you have major erosion and you know the wind whips through and takes a you know half foot of soil off you at a time or you're going to be exposed, you probably pretty much are down there into the earth. Are these green uh, burial sites, are they consecrated? No, I don't believe so. I think if you were going to have your religious person come out mm -hmm. and do some sort of blessing, but otherwise these are normally just a lot, a lot of places are just standard cemeteries such as, did you know that there are four cemeteries in Ontario that allow green burial? Nope. Yep, there's four. And they probably are standard cemeteries that people have buried their loved ones at for many, many years. And they've 
decided that they're going to allow natural burial because what happened was people probably asked for it. That's really what happened. Somebody knocks on the door saying, hey, I want to do this. And then somebody says, well, I guess we have to talk to our board of directors or we have to look at our rules or we have to see. Mm -hmm. But it's really the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. If you ask, you shall receive in a lot of cases. In a lot of cases, but when it comes to the final disposition of a human body, that doesn't always work. No, there's rules that are about disposition that mm -hmm. matter. And something that I can circle back to is when we talked about cremation earlier, Right. we have something now called bio-cremation or water cremation or aqua cremation. There's no set name. It's just alkaline hydrolysis where we cremate people now with water. And in the States, there are 13 United States that actually see this as a form of disposition. And you can get rid of your loved one's body this way. In Oregon, we have this, for instance, and rather than the high heat of the flame, we have water, and it's almost like a bath of potassium chloride, and slowly the body dissolves. Then we still have the bone fragments, as we do with the regular cremation. Bones are pulverized down, and you get the same end product as you would as a standard cremation. However, this doesn't have the problem with the heat being used. It doesn't have the problem with any of the fillings and all of these issues going out into the ozone. All of the extra water, they say that you can actually drink it. It's that sterilized. And we have a machine here in the Portland, Oregon area, and the person who owns that machine gives it to a local pig farmer. And that pig farmer uses it to irrigate their crops. So it's kind of a neat, sustainable cycle. With every pro, there's a con. With every up, there's a down. With every negative, there's a positive. Tell me about the negatives of green burials. Well, I would say if people decided to be a little cavalier about this and take matters fully into their own hands and feel like they didn't need to report a death or have a death certificate signed by a medical professional, and they decided they were going to have their loved one pass away, they were going to put them in the truck bed and bring them out to the National Forest and bury them, that would definitely be a con. We still have rules, we still have regulations, and a human body still needs to be treated with care and respect and we still need to actually have some sort of a path and a tracking of mm -hmm. where that person goes and why they died and we need to you know be cognizant of that do you see the green burial system taking business away from the uh, the mortuary business that is going to actually close mortuaries you know, that's definitely an interesting question. I think that funeral homes and cemeteries can definitely roll with the changes, just like there was traditional burial and then cremation became very popular. A lot of funeral homes still stayed in business. They just decided to change their model to allow cremation to be something that they offered. I do know that a lot of funeral homes uh, in the West Coast of the United States, for instance, are now not having an embalming room. They're not having necessarily a parlor for visitation. They don't own a hearse or a limousine. They really can do this out of a strip mall, for instance. They can have just an arrangement room. Mm -hmm. They can outsource some of the things, and they can go ahead and take directly care of families without having to have the huge funeral parlor like we did back in the day. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Exxon Nation, Elizabeth Fournier is our guest. We're talking about the green burial and she is the author of The Green Burial Guidebook. Her website is thegreenreaper.org. Send me your comments, pro or con, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. 
we have them included. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Elizabeth Forney is our guest of this hour, Exonation. She is the author of The Green Burial Guidebook, Everything You Need to Plan an Affordable, Environmentally Friendly Burial. And once again, her website is www.thegreenreaper.org. You know, you were before we went to the last break, you were saying, you know, that these green burials could actually be done in strip malls. And as I was thinking about that over the, over the uh, the break, why would anybody want to put something like this in a strip mall? Oh, I'm sorry, you you misunderstood. What I meant was, rather than actually have a funeral parlor that yeah. owns a big house and owns a cemetery and all these things. There's a lot of little funeral parlors now that are based out of strip malls and they can make arrangements for people. They can make arrangements for you to do this with your family property or with a cemetery. So, so you would just we're go- getting away from the traditional parlor. So you just go into, let's say your local strip mall, the, you know, the green burial center is there. You walk in, you do all the arrangements and everything is done there. And at the time, when the person uh, is no longer with us in spirit, everything is everything is started and all the plan is put into motion, right? Yeah, I think a lot of funeral homes and funeral directors are realizing they can open up their own shop or their own funeral home really inexpensively mm-hmm. because we're providing less services. We don't need a casket showroom any longer. We can actually go ahead and take care of a lot of these things in a different way. We can meet families at their own homes and make arrangements. And so the big funeral parlors of the day be gone in those beautiful Victorian homes. You don't see that on the West Coast so much anymore. You see a lot of people who say, hey, I want to help families. I want to help them save money how can i do this economically and stay in business too how does this affect the floral industry 
Well, that's a wonderful question as well, because cut flowers aren't the most sustainable byproducts. You're looking at transporting them with refrigerator trucks. You're looking at a lot of growth that has to happen for those where things that are natural in nature or wildflowers or potted plants is a little bit different. When it comes to burying somebody mm -hmm. at a green grave at a traditional cemetery even and there's a green grave they don't want cut flowers they want whatever grows naturally on top of the grave whatever that's going to be indigenous to the area and a lot of that is wildflowers or whatever birds come by and drop and whatever seeds come up versus actually going to the parlor and cutting those flowers and bringing them on over it sounds to me that the green movement is going a little bit too far on this one well, we have so many baby boomers nowadays, mm -hmm. and baby boomers are the ones who've decided that we're going to have curbside recycling, and we're going to have a bottle bill where you can return your pop cans, and we're going to make some of these things important. So those are the people that are dying now. Those are the ones who are making decisions of what to do, and those are the ones who are looking at their future. And I'm amazed at the people who come in my door or ring my phone and ask these questions. And they vary from the most conservative-looking folk to people who I think live in the backwoods and never leave their property. So this is really expanding to so many people who are saying, yeah, I like the environment. Yeah, I don't want to spend a lot of money. And it's working out really well for so many people. Also keep in mind, I still take people to churches. I still have visitations. People are in caskets that look traditional, but they're just made of non-toxic glue. Mm -hmm. And they're buried in a standard cemetery, but in a green grave. And that's all a green burial. But when you're talking about the costs that are being cut, for example, the transportation cost of the refrigerated flowers, the flowers that are growing off-site and so on. Isn't this taking a livelihood away from people just in order to satisfy the whims, or I shouldn't say whims, the financial considerations of those who are burying the dead? You know, everything has an up and a down, like you'd mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And there's wonderful things about flower shops and cut flowers. And then there's some other things that aren't as great. So it's really a matter of a personal choice. And you can have all of the education and information possible. And you just have to make your own choice. And you can really support whatever industry you want to support. So that's kind of a neat thing about it. And I'm hoping that there's more funeral directors like myself who don't say, this is the way it needs to be. You're bad if you don't choose this. Mm -hmm. Just merely, hey, this is an option. Did you know that this exists? And then freely letting people have the autonomy to make their own comfortable choice. What do the insurance companies think about the green burials? I don't really know. I don't really work with any insurance companies. Normally, if um, a family is going to be doing this on their own property, mm -hmm. there is a deed that they need to report to because they actually, it's true property, so they right. need to make notification that way. But as far as insurance, most cemeteries are licensed and bonded. And if they're allowing green burial, that's definitely something they've worked out with their insurance company. What happens if the person who is buried green with nothing, uh, no liner, I think you call them, and there are toxins in their body as well. Let's say that they died of a very contagious disease. What protection does the rest of society have that this disease will not get into the water table, into the water system, and affect other people? The amazing thing about the earth and the planet is everything sort of does its job. So all of the fungus and all of the uh, spores and all the algae, everything inside the soil really works together to help everything biodegrade naturally. And it really moves through and really takes care of that. So that really isn't much of an issue. However, we do have to keep in mind that if somebody did die of something horrific, such as strutonium-181 is used for people with radiation for a certain type of bone cancer. And it's, it's that bad of a chemotherapy that if you're having this, no one can come into your house but you. It's highly, highly radioactive. Mm -hmm. So I guess the choice is, do we cremate that person and put that up into the earth and all over, or do we actually put that below ground? And the better choice is to bury that into the soil. Then if the earth is such a great filter that returns everything to dust to dust, so to speak, why is it that 
in areas where there were plagues, when the when there were the graves, they used to put lye on the person who had died before the grave was closed. Yeah, and I think a lot of these things happened back in the day because of myths. I think we really worried about so many things that weren't necessarily scientifically proven. It just mm -hmm. seemed like a good thing at the time. Same thing with bodies. People think every single dead body needs to be embalmed to stop anything from happening. And we're finding out over time, having to put formaldehyde and all of these things into people isn't necessarily what we need to do. Bodies sort of decompose naturally. How do you see the mortuary business changing in the next 20 years? Well, we have a mortuary school here outside of Portland, mm -hmm. and there's 19 people that enrolled this year, and would you believe 17 of them are female? I mean, that's really something. We had the boys were the funeral directors back in the day. After the Civil War, after embalming started, mm -hmm. there was education, and the boys opened up the funeral parlors. When I started back in the 90s, I was a young woman in my 20s, and let's just say I really had to have a firm hold of knowing that I really wanted to be in this industry because it wasn't overly welcoming for a young blonde girl like myself. Now it's everywhere you go. It's not uncommon whatsoever to walk into a funeral parlor and have a woman open the door and greet you. The times are changing, I guess. And uh, where can people get copies of your book, The Green Burial Guide? Book. Well, I have the website you've talked about, thegreenreaper.org. Mm -hmm. There's a couple different bookstores. I love it when people go to independent bookstores. That thrills me to support the little guy. And so on the regular bookstores, Amazon and Barnes & Noble and all those, it's there as well. What are your final thoughts for the worldwide listening audience of the Exxon tonight? I'm just thrilled that you took the time to ask me questions, and I'm thrilled that they are still participating and listening and really, you know, thinking about these things and just finding maybe just a brief shade of green in their own daily life and in their own death. That'd be just lovely. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. And Exxon Nation, if you would like more information about Elizabeth Fournier, visit her online at www.thegreenreaper.com. Dot .org that's www.thegreenreaper.org All right, here's an idea. The next time you take your mother or father out on a drive, say, "Listen, mom, dad, see any spots that you kind of like because you know what? We're going to save money on your funeral. We're just going to bag you and drop you." No, 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 no. You're not going to get a coffin. You're just going to be wrapped in some bed linens. And we're just going to lay you there and cover you up with earth. And, you know, let nature take care of it. I don't see that. I, am I that old-fashioned, Craig? <sighs> this world is going to hell in a handbasket. And like I said, I think the people who are with the Green Movement take things a little bit way too far. You know, now they're sticking their nose into how we, how we have final closure with those that we love. Why? Because it's not in the best interest of the green. Sorry, don't buy it. To those of you who think it's a good idea, go to www.psychology.com and, uh, Take a good look at yourself. Ask yourself, would you like to be wrapped up, dropped in a hole, covered up in a field just because it's a green field? Do you really want to take a chance that something's not a predator is not going to dig you up? I'm sorry. Ooh. No, give me the good old-fashioned funeral. Yeah, I, I want the casket. I want the minister. I want the box. And if there's a little shielding down there, why not? We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'll be back. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. 
It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the esoteric series, modern esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.